You know we had to do a podcast, right? What's your name, fat body? Yeah, of course, you're looking smooth. What the hell? I'm going to eat it. You owe me for one jelly donut! Fat motherfucker. Listen to it. My wife said no one's going to laugh so I've got bigger titties than you did! Bullshit, because nobody fucking had geese back at that point for a bigger guy. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I might be somebody's shot of whiskey. You can't think about, hey, I need to lose 100 pounds and think about winning that day. Fucking, I want a cheeseburger and a milkshake. Fat Leets and welcome to episode 42 of the Fat Boy Jiu-Jitsu podcast. How y'all doing? I'm feeling amazing. Just uh, finished up a jiu-jitsu class not too long ago. And man, that just that post jujitsu high had a had a real amazing class. Um, like rolls were great, were tough. I still got smashed, but movement was clicking. Um, just you know, working on different guards, working on recoveries, and and and, and things were flowing, and it was great. Um, starting to move feel like i'm moving a lot better so that i mean that i'm just ecstatic about that um i'm down to i'm waking up between 218 217 on my uh, on my scale now i full disclosure i um On my scale at home, and that's the same one I've been using throughout. Well, actually, um, these people, weight gurus, they sent me a new a new scale um, a while ago, and uh, I've been using that one. But it's the same one I've been using pretty much uh, over the years. Um, and I like their app because I've, even though it's a different scale, because it was the same program, it just kept it uh, all my weight history. But anyways, I'm using that scale, and I'm weighing. When I wake up, um, two eighteen, two nineteen. Um, when I came back from Houston on that scale, I was two twenty six. Um, at work, now mind you, I had jeans and, and a shirt on, but um, at my office, I weighed two thirty one, and um, I did I did take a, a, a picture um, after I did a hundred burpees that day. Because I wanted to take a picture of like how blo- I felt bloated coming back from uh, from Houston, so I was two thirty one, January first, at my office. Um, January first, a bunch of us at the office decided we were going to do a weight loss challenge. A bunch of a uh, bunch of the guys gained a couple holiday lbs and uh, wanted to put money where their mouth is. They didn't want to put as money uh, as much money. I was trying to get them to to bait them to to do uh let's do a twenty dollar buy in uh, over twelve weeks five dollars a week you know 
make that pot nice and nice and large. Um, nobody was buying, so it was just uh, thirteen of us, twenty dollars a pop, um, and uh, I weighed in at two thirty-one. Now the other day, when I was two seventeen on my scale here at home, I was two twenty-one there. So I don't know if that scale is heavy. My scale is off. Could be a mixture of uh, of those. So give it, take it with a grain of salt. I might be. Uh, my weights might be fluctuate on a scale two, three, four, five pounds. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Well, actually, I take that back. It kind of does matter right now because I'm officially like borderline finally getting to a new weight division. I mean, I was I was so large and so robust that I've lost 168 pounds right now and or 68 yeah 68 and I am borderline in a new weight division finally under uh got to be 222 with a gi and uh being super heavy and not uh ultra heavy so Yay me Super Heavies uh my man you, uh, you you you're getting put on notice um I'm gonna be competing this year at the brown belt level and uh what's up we're gonna see what's up the so back to the weight loss challenge we have uh twelve weeks um I think it's at the end of March, yeah, I think it's the end of March. We're, we're gonna weigh in March 29th or March 30th, whatever that Friday is. Um, and it's a winner take all. Whoever lost the most weight, um, takes uh, takes the pot. Now, something interesting had happened, and um, it got canceled, but. There was going to be an amazing, and it just was called Fat Boy, had nothing to do with me. Um, my man just used that phrase, it had nothing to do with me at all. He just used Fat Boy, but it was going to be a Fat Boy Fantasy League. And there was 13 of us, and so he was going to take the guy who um, put it together, and he was going to be aka the commish so he was going to be have to sit out so he took 12 man and he was opening it up to be like a 12 man fantasy uh, football league um with x number of weigh-ins throughout as games and the people with the most amount of uh, weight loss would win the hence that game and, and move on. Oh, he had thought this through and it was amazing. Um, but yeah, that's not happening. Um, I wish it it, it would have been. It, it would have been great. I would have loved to. That, that would have just been amazing. And I hope somebody takes that idea and uses it at their office. Even if people don't know what's going on. Well, so this week 
on the podcast. I sat down and got a chance to talk to my man, Mitchell Shamali, who is the owner of Combat Night. And uh, Combat Night's a local Florida amateur and pro organization. Uh, and he is nearing his 100th event. His 100th event is going to be on January 26th. Um, 2019 in Tallahassee, Florida. Not only is it his 100th event, he's also celebrating his 7th year anniversary. So in 7 years, he's uh, able to accomplish a lot in the Florida mixed martial arts community. And he's he's helped a, a couple of fighters um, get to, you know, get to the big show and, and we talk about it. We, t- we touch that base and, you know, we he he brings up uh, a lot of topics uh we talk about um people pulling out of fights and and just normal things people go through injuries and training injuries um and throughout um so hope you enjoy the podcast um without further ado here it is thanks What's up, fat leets? I'm coming to you live from the guillotine, from the famous guillotine factory with my man, Mitchell Shamale, owner of Combat Night. What's up, guys? What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. You know, I used to be a uh, fat leet too, man. Just want to put that out there. I know everyone knows me as being skinny now, but uh, this You're is not natural. Big ass 186 pound. Yep. Was that uh, before you were throwing bitches in the air? No, nah, that was um, yeah, that was while during the throwing of the bitches in the air. And by that, uh, he was the cheerleader. Yeah, for Florida State and uh, high school and all that shit. That's cool. Hey, man, it paid for school, didn't it? No, nah, but it got me a lot of really <laughs> cool, like free cool shit. <laughs> well, at least that you got some cool shit out of it, man. So, fucking, you're coming up on your hundredth event. Yeah, man, we have uh, Combat Night 100 going on in Tallahassee, Florida, where it all started for us on uh, January 26th, which is also our seven-year anniversary. That's fucking incredible, man. It, it feels like just not too long ago we were celebrating your 50th up there in Tally. Yeah, man, that was a um, that was a pretty historic event. We put a good crowd in the Civic Center up there, and um, yeah, I think that was really our takeoff was probably that event. Yeah. That was a... Uh... You had some, there was some bullshit right before there, right? You had to move the venue? Yeah, we, uh, the city of Tallahassee had a uh, commissioner write in because we had a, a city venue that was owned by the city and they, uh, a city commissioner wrote an editorial in the paper and like, man, it was like something out of the 60s talking about it. We were doing human cockfighting and all kinds of weird, crazy stuff. But uh, the the park was supposed to be for public use anyways, so it was kind of weird. Yeah, too bad. It would have been a beautiful venue. I know we went and checked it out afterwards, but even where we had it at the the Civic Center, right? That was uh or the it was on campus? Yeah, it's the the Tallahassee Civic Center. It's um it's right I don't know if it's actually on FSU campus or if it's a separate, but I think it's owned by FSU well, that would make it FSU campus. Um the basketball team plays there and um all that kind of stuff. That was dope. I remember I had to take that photo booth up there. Oh yeah, you did. You did bring that up there. <laughs> that was crazy. That was a crazy drive with that thing. Yeah, that's a that's a long drive with that trailer. Fuck. 
don't want to do that shit. No, the longest drive I had with a trailer was when we brought up these mats, son. Yeah, the eighty. It was like eighty-five mats stacked. The mats we're on right now actually got them from a MMA Masters down in South Florida, and uh, got a really good deal. And luckily had a buddy with a trailer. Oh, uh, Juan over here, fat boy. Fuck. I thought we were gonna die that one point. Remember the, the back of the truck? Yeah, was the just wind was dry. hitting that shit. That I mean, the whole entire time it was just waving back and forth. You thought it was gonna fall over any moment. We had to go fifty from Miami to Orlando. Yeah, it was super slow. Oh, it was like a six and a half hour drive. Probably ruined your transmission. Ah, oh well. <laughs> if I, I got one hundred forty thousand miles on the truck right now, so it's still running. It's good. Good. So, man. What's up? You got some fighters pulling out on you? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, just it's part of the sport. Just like anything in life, you're gonna have people who really want to do whatever they're talking about, and you're gonna have people who really just want to talk about it. And fighting is no different. Stop talking about it. Be about it. Yeah, man. It's it's, it's funny. Richard Richard coined the term "bitch assness," but um, uh, you know this. The fight, the, some of the the pullout game on some of these fighters, man, it's serious. I mean, they don't have to worry about getting anyone pregnant anytime <laughs> soon. And uh, you know, it's funny. It's it's always the the ones that want to post the most pictures, want to talk about what a badass they are the most. And uh, those are the ones that also like to uh, pull out the most. Or if something's not perfect, they that you know they they won't fight. Um, I know, just coming up in the sport, especially being an amateur, it's important to fight and fight a lot and not fight in the best conditions maybe um you know are you hurt or are you injured and if you're just hurt you need to fight and if you're injured then it's different but it's important to learn that as an amateur because when you go pro if you really want to make a run at it you know you got guys like mike perry that fought i think he fought seven times in like 14 months and got into the ufc that's how you get to the ufc you fight a lot and you're violent not um waiting for everything to be perfect How many times have you fought injured? Man, every one of my fights. I don't think I've ever been healthy. Um, I know for sure some of my biggest fights, I was not healthy. I, I won some of those and I lost some of those. Um, and that was as a pro, you know, and that's whenever there is no erase button. There is no redo. Uh, whenever you take that pro loss, it's on your record forever. So, you know, and, and I, when I started, that's how it was. There wasn't a, there wasn't an amateur. It was illegal here in Florida. Um, it became legal about a year before we started combat night. So you didn't have an option to even fight amateur here. You had to go pro. And uh, we had to go to Georgia to fight amateur. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go pro and um, had to learn on the fly. So now it's just it's a blessing here in Florida, especially to have so many great amateur shows where these fighters can really get around and get that experience. And guess what? When they go pro, it's erased. You know, you can, you can go five and four, but if you fought every fucking stud in the state – and, you know, you didn't get crushed by anybody. You did really well. All right, now go pro. And now it's time to be smart. Worry about who you're fighting. I I see that point. Um, I also, I see the, the not wanting to fight injured very well. Like you, you that anxiety of, man, what's going to happen? Or, you know, my knee, my, I got a bum knee. Or I got, you know, my elbows this. And, and what if, you know, the what if sometimes is is stronger than, the what could be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's not a matter of, you know, it's, just, it's part of the sport. It's, you're going to be injured. You know, what we're doing isn't playing patty cakes. And when you practice, we're practicing uh, like a real fight. We're simulating fights every day. So um, to expect to be 100% is ridiculous. But, you know, if you, I think if you're 80% or better, then it, you should be fighting. 
Um, if, if you drop below 80%, then, you know, you got to kind of sit back and get healthy and heal up. And, um, but part of that too is being smart. You know, if you're just smart, you, the injuries really don't happen that often. If you're taking the proper rest time and you're um, taking care of your body and eating the right foods and you're, you know, you're living the life of a martial artist, um, injuries aren't going to happen that often. You know, I, I see, I see the lifestyles that some of the guys live that are getting injured and it's like, yeah, man, well, you can't do that and <laughs> you can't live like that. Um, versus the guys, you know, like Christian Losing who fought four times this year as a pro. He went three and one, fought three times with us, one time in island fights. And it's like, yeah, I mean, he could he could fight four times, and that's enough to keep yourself – that's a lot of fights. Four fights is a lot. You know, I was I was telling you that about not wanting to fight injured or anything, and then I started thinking about, like, oh, shit, dude, like – I'm always like I'm always in a little bit of pain. I'm fucking. I still go train and shit. Like it don't matter. Yeah, it's it's just it kind of get like I said. You it, get used to it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's an extent that you don't want to you know you don't want to go too far and, and really seriously injure yourself. You got something going on with your neck or you've torn your ACL. You know th- these are things that obviously yes they're they're uh, good ex- not excuses but they're good reasons to not be fighting or or whatever. But um, it's just you know it is what it is, man. It's part of the sport, but it, it has gotten better. Um, I think the pullouts were a lot more uh, active back in the day, and um, now the sport's improving a lot. The sport's improving a lot. So, and uh, you just recently had another a female fighter get signed to uh, to Bellator, right? Yeah, Valerie Lareda. She um, fought with us three times. The first time she fought, you know, you could tell this girl was something special. The um, she had a lot of explosiveness. She um, liked to throw down. She didn't care if she got hit. She'd throw right back. And she's also a really good-looking girl. And a lot of times, you know, you get these girls in the sport, and um, especially right now, it's so new. Girls think they want to do it, and then they get punched, and they're like, oh, my God, I do not want to do this. And uh, that was not the case with Valerie. She, uh, I, she, she, I think she let loose a little more. And then uh, her last fight with us was against a girl named Hannah Jackson, mm-hmm. who's also a stud, and they threw down. And um, after that last fight, the video got in front of the right people, and she ended up signing the deal of Bellator and makes her uh, pro debut on February 15th. That's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. How, how many total fighters you got to major organizations already? Uh, we're at like, I think we're at like eight or nine now. We got a couple in the UFC, a couple in Glory, Bellator, quite a few, um, WSOF. You know, we had a guy who fought our, our middleweight champ a while back. Um, Clinton Williams actually fought David Branch in uh, WSOF for the title. So, I mean, we've, you know, there's, we don't really talk about all of them, but, and then we have a uh, Troy Worthen who I can't say, but, you know, he's getting, he got signed to a fairly large organization. And, um, you know, I'd be, that'd probably be, to me, that's the biggest one because to get signed to a, to an organization that's not the UFC, but still just as big and he's getting paid well and they don't, you know, the, the stuff they're doing over there is, I think, next level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's, that's a really cool thing to kind of have that door open now. And, and he's a, he's a really good businessman. So he'll get in there and he'll, um, you know, network the right way and, and, uh, help out, I think more fighters here in Florida. He, he is, um, he's a special cat that one. Yeah. I mean, he, he works hard. He's talented. He's got the full package. He's good looking. You know, he, um, he'll do really well in his career and, and he's smart. He's not an idiot. You know, if he's, if he's injured, he knows when to rest, he knows, um, how to push himself, and whenever he's healthy, this guy's doing. You know, he's my roommate too, and he's doing three and four uh, sessions a day, uh, lifting, so fucking strong, wrestling, dude. grinding. I mean, he's a fucking 155 pounds, and he feels like a, a light heavyweight when he grabs you. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody feels like him. It's just uh, no one my size ever feels like that. 
So something special. He'll he'll do big things. Can't wait to see that. <clears throat> so what do you got going on with Fat Boy, man? What's uh what's your next gi coming out? I saw a uh, blue one at the gym the other day. Yes, the blue one, the blueberry, uh, the blueberry and cream. It's been out for I want to say four months now. Four, three, three months, three months. Um, that one and the cream and blueberry, the white and the white and blue, haven't uh, haven't rocked that yet. I'm I'm saving that, um, patching it up for for this year's competition season. But uh, got that blue gi. I got. I want to come out with another gi by spring. Um, what tournaments turn- are you doing? Definitely doing Orlando Open. Uh, I'm going to try to get in for Miami. So you're going to stick with IBJJF? Yeah. Yes, sir. In, in, any particular reason why? I, I just, man, I don't know. I, I, I just, I've been drawn to them um, for a while. Not to say that any organizations... Um, not worthy just it's i guess it's a lot of people make their name with ibjjf and yeah there's no problem with that i just um i noticed that most people who do ibjjf don't really do any other tournaments they just do ibjjf and it's just one of those things where i feel like you got you got to at least do one other tournament outside of the ibjjf especially if you do well and compete in the ibjjf um the smaller tournaments might be a good uh confidence booster to get you ready for the bigger tournaments the well realistically let's see i like my time and some of these other tournaments when it comes to timing wise and uh, mat scheduling they're not always great so it's uh it's usually hit or miss and at least with ibjjf i feel like sometimes it's better controlled so it's you know you fight when you fight and you're not there you know, waiting three and a half hours, you know, you're getting warm up and then it's like, oh, you got to sit for another hour and then, oh shit, let me get warm up again and you're on and, you, you know. That'll change the first time they change your division and make it go two hours early and you don't get there in time and you don't get to compete. <laughs> That'll change. Because <laughs> at least these other tournaments, they look out for you. That was they... fucking Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it, 2013 that happened to you? Yeah, they, I remember uh, it's just I don't know I, I don't uh I like the smaller tournaments uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of raw talent at the smaller tournaments and they open up a little more that they get you get to really play jujitsu whenever you go and do a tournament at like New Breed or Copa um, where I think at the IBJJF I feel like it's kind of like the snobbish tournament and everyone's playing for for like inches you know I want to play for keeps understood get that. So you're saying I should do some of the the local tournaments here? Yeah, man, support the local BJJ scene. I should. Fuck the IBJJF. <laughs> I'm just being man, real. Yo, these fucking assholes got everybody to have to get cards now. Everybody, fucking white belts, dog. Everybody yeah. to compete with them now, you have to pay them. Exactly. So much. Fuck the IBJJF. I was, I was, man. I was already fucking like, yeah, but you know. When you say you 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 know you're a double gold champ, it's. I hear you, but I'd rather be uh, 
absolute champ for the black belt CBDE tournament where someone like, or Hadolfo won $30,000. I bet he liked that a lot better than those two gold medals. I've seen his smile in both pictures, and his smile with the $30,000 check looks a lot more genuine than the one with the gold medals. That's all I'm saying. Damn. I think you just changed my mind. Yeah, these other tournaments pay you, pay you to compete. And at BJJF, you got to pay to compete. It's crazy. Like, Damn. if you win if you win a Copa, you know, if you do a Copa, you win your vision, there's a chance you can win some money. And a lot of these tournaments now are doing these, like, you know, super fights, like fight to win where you get paid and you're matched against someone else, like an, e an equal, you know, similar age, similar belt, that kind of thing. Ah, uh, MMAX too, right? Yeah. MMACs, yeah. Damn, did we just start hashtag boycott fucking IBJJF? No, I mean, I don't think, I don't think boycott. <laughs> I think that, you know, they have an important place and a role that they play and that it's, uh, um, you know, they've, they've definitely structured it really well and um, helped the sport be more professional. Um, and, and, you know, without, I think without them, you wouldn't have a lot of these other tournaments like uh, fight to wins coming up, you know, the IBJJF kind of showed like, Hey man, not only can you make money off jujitsu, but you can make a lot of money. And people are like, Oh, well I don't have to make a lot of money. I just want to make some money off jujitsu. So they, they make it more competent, you know, not use, I guess, user friendly, competitor friendly by, you know, paying them some of the shekels instead of keeping them off of themselves. Spread the wealth. Yes, sir. Damn, I hit. <laughs> so what's going on? Come on, Juan, bro. This is I'm, supposed I'm, to be I'm your, your wheelhouse, man. I'm I'm thinking. We uh. Yo, one thing I want to ask Mitch is, for somebody like, I've never seen anybody get into places they're not supposed to be the way you do. Like you just show up in random places, past security, just everywhere. How do you do it? Man, I'm a hustler. I was, I was born in Polk County. If you want to succeed out there, you got to be a hustler. Bro, we were in the UFC Chicago and you just show up, you just walk on the floor, just, you were standing right next to us, and you just show up. Oh, I, I went on the floor. And you walk right past security. Yeah, I do it at all the events. I think I've been backstage. I, I should I should do like a, uh, you know, um, getting to the UFC for free or, or hanging out backstage for free. Or, um, I don't know, man. It's just a beard and a suit. People don't fuck with a guy with a beard and a suit. They assume he's he's like where he's supposed to be. And I just walk. And I look at people. I wave at them. I say, what's up, man? How are you doing? I shake hands. I give hugs. It's got to be that fast-paced walk because sometimes you, <laughs> and events you that you got that fast-paced walk and yeah, nobody I, wants to fuck with you. I just act like I'm headed somewhere important, and then I got some important mission shit to do. And um, like I said, I'll, I'll shake the security guard's hand and I'll be like, "Hey man, how you doing?" You know, hey, hey. And like especially when I leave, like that's the big thing. If I want to go back and forth a lot, you know, whenever I leave, I'm like, "Hey man, I was wondering, you know, do you know where the I'm looking for?" Da 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 da. He's like, oh, all right, thanks, man. Thanks, Hal. And I was like, my name's Mitchell, by the way. And I, I walk away. So then I know when I come back, Hal's got me. <laughs> Hal's not going to forget the guy with the beard that talked to him for fucking five minutes. That's a good fucking trick. I have yeah. to write that shit down. Memorize that. I want to start. I, I really do want to start trying to get into like more things like that. I want to like, um, 
I don't know. I want to. I want to start trying to like get backstage at like concerts and shit. I've never tried anything but the UFC. I never really. Cared. You got. You know what? You gotta go try that Doctor Phillips Center. Get into like a musical. I should have did that when Joe Rogan was there. Oh, that would have been dope. I know for sure I could have got back there without a doubt. But I've never cared. Like I haven't tried it at anything. I mean, the UFC. You know, usually I have a friend fighting, or you know, I, I just want to be on the floor. I want to be closest to the fights. You know, I've been literally. I've I've gotten like in where like the commission sitting and stuff. Like I've I've done a pretty good job at, at hustling my way up there. Um, I've never been stopped either. Like honestly, out of every time I've ever tried, then no <laughs> one's ever been like, "Hey, you're not." I had one guy try to stop me one time, and he asked me where my ticket was, and he was the guy at the Amway um, at the at the uh, the exit. The person had switched, mm-hmm. so when I came back, it was a different person. I went to walk by. He's like, "Hey, sure, where's your ticket?" And I was like, "I was like, oh man, I was like." It's in my fiance's purse, and I was like, um, I know exactly where he's sitting. I was like, you want to come with me real quick? I'll, you know, whatever. He goes, oh no, no, no you're good. Nice. I knew he couldn't leave his post. I knew, <laughs> I knew the man couldn't walk away from his post. Nice. So just come follow me. I'll show you the ticket. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of little hustles I got, you know, but um, that's why that, that's always a fun one. It's a little like adrenaline rush, you know. I mean, what's the worst that's gonna happen? They're gonna tell you no. You know what I mean? Or you get back there and they're like, hey, what are you doing back here? And I'm like, I don't know. They let me back here. <laughs> what are you doing back here? I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, you know, I don't know. My favorite thing about the UFC, man, is I don't know. I don't really don't really see a lot of UFC fighters talking about it, but man, they got a serious ass buffet in the back <laughs> of all the events. You hungry motherfucker, bro? It's a serious buffet. They have like giant tubs of ice cream and peanut M&Ms and M&Ms and gummy bears and you know gummy worms and Twizzlers and sprinkles and chocolate sprinkles and everything you can imagine to put on. I mean, it's like a Cold Stone Creamery back there <laughs> for a buffet. And then they have like pretty good food. You know, every, everywhere I've been, they've had really good food. Um, Damn, that's got to be fires. torture for somebody trying to fucking cut weight. No, nah, it's it's after the event. Oh, oh yeah, right, yeah, year yeah. after. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even at the weigh-in sometimes, they'll have like a little... uh a little um, room with like protein bars and apples and bananas and like all this shit. I'm always like, "Yep, free food. I'm in." So, but yeah, it's it's, it's really cool actually that the way um you know I know the UFC gets a lot of flack saying they treat the athletes like shit, um, but for me a lot of times it's the little things like that that are important. Um, you know they treat the whole camp. The guys can go back there and watch the fights and kind of relax and you know just been in a fight or whatever, kind of de uh, decompress. So. Um, and like I said, I love the ice cream and the and the, the gummy bears and all that stuff, man. It's pretty legit. I um when I was in Houston, uh I met a, a UFC fighter, uh Juan Adams, and he uh he was telling me a story that his coach at uh the UFC he fought in, um shit, which one did he fight? He fought on the Denver card on the twenty fifth anniversary. Oh yeah, nice and, card. Um, his coach, the pants that they gave him were like eight inches too long and he didn't want to cuff him he goes bro they told him that he was up and three people sewed him and cut him and shit like that within the time he had to walk up on on uh onto the to walk out yeah yeah they got a whole team man for the Reebok that's stuff. fucking crazy they got a whole team of people that literally will him will um do whatever they got to do to make sure that those uniforms are correct and they're proper they're actually pretty cool too, man. Like they'll hook you up with like extra socks and extra shirts and shit. Cause like you get a whole little goodie package, you know. You get again. I think it sucks for the fighters that they're having to uh, lose out on sponsorship for that. But it's you know 
just going as a coach, it's pretty cool that you get like, you know, being a coach, you get a couple hundred bucks worth of gear, you get a free pair of shoes, you get shit. But like for the fighter, it's definitely shitty. <laughs> I'd be like, man, fuck that. Don't give my coach a damn free Reebok shirt, man. Well, yeah, if it's me, not free, I mean, you're paying me, for it, yeah, really. Let me get that extra, you know, $10,000 in sponsors and give him $1,000. He'd rather have $1,000 than that shit. Yeah. I mean, the money's the money's there. It's just being, you know, you got seamstress you're paying for now. Yeah. I mean, exactly. There's, you know, people don't realize it, that to run a big production like that, to have a show at the Amway and to have those li- the lighting rigs are fucking twenty forty thousand dollars just in lights not including the rig and hanging it and the the work and all that kind of stuff it's like the the amount of production that goes into one of those shows like i know because it's my business i look around and i'm like oh shit they got how many they got that camera oh man they got these lights they got the the ring they got all the people putting it up you know all the people helping the fighters every fighter gets a caretaker like someone with a little clipboard making sure the fighter doesn't fuck up you know fuck. once they yeah pretty much once once weight cuts start you know, they got caretakers and shit that are like... You got a babysitter. Yeah, babysitter making sure. And and it's like, you know, man, just... And not only that, but like, man, they took a big-ass risk. I didn't see anyone else investing millions of dollars and losing millions of dollars, hoping it would turn into something. Mm-hmm. You know, they provided a fuck-ton of jobs that wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for them paving the way. Well, all the people... That, man, how many people the UFC employ? It's, it's an incredible amount of people. Fuck yeah, it is, man. It's a lot of work, man. And, well, shit, the amount of events they put on, too. It's crazy. It's, it feels like sometimes it's every other weekend. Yeah. Or every weekend. It was, a, what, December? December was every weekend? Yeah. They did. They did. They do a lot, man. Sometimes they'll do three in a week. But, you know, it's one of those things, too. Like, you know, when the fighters bitch about the UFC sucking and how they want to get paid more. You know, I bet the UFC wished more of them were like Conor McGregor. I wish the UFC wished more of them marketed themselves and said some crazy shit and brought in the, you know, the, the money to pay them extra. And you know, whenever the guys do things like that, when you have a guy like Conor or the Diaz brothers, you know, they do get paid extra. They get paid, um, they get paid well for their for their little bit of extra shit talking. And you know, it's shit that fighters do anyways, man. It's just doing it the right way. Don't do it like Tony Ferguson. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't stand the way he. Even Colby's better than him. Colby, at least you know it's scripted and it's it's complete bullshit, but it's hilarious because he just keeps spitting out the same lines. <laughs> Who's your favorite shit talker, man? My favorite man. My favorite shit talker was was Chael. Yeah, Chael. And, but the the problem is now it's you you can't. It's it's not it's not it's not cool. Yeah. You know, I like Chell a lot. I don't even know if I categorize him as a shit talker because he really does speak the truth. Um, and he says some shit that, like, you know, that you think only one, there's only one way to look at this. You know, like, for instance, when he got his ass beat by Fedor and it was like, oh man, just fucking embarrassing for Chell. And he's like, nope, I spun it. And did you hear what he said about that? No. He said that he was, um, he goes, a fight? I didn't lose a fight. I lost a sparring match. What better way to get ready for my 205 title fight against Ryan Bader than having Bellator pay for me to have a sparring match with the best heavyweight in the world? Who's the sucker now, Bellator? Oh, shit. Like, you know, it's just, it was something along those lines. I probably said it a lot better than Shell did. But um, <laughs> it was something crazy like that, talking about, you know, Fedor just being a sparring partner. So it's like, even though... Paid to, get sp- paid to spar. That's yeah. awesome. Even even though I do think that he is a bit, um, you know, he's definitely over the hill, shouldn't be maybe fighting anymore. Um, 
but I think he his ability to talk shit is still really really well and it's it's just funny to watch him spin things like things you don't think can be spun he finds a way to spin them. Speaking of, he shouldn't be fighting anymore. How many times have you had had that conversation with a, a friend or of yours? Oh man, you know I've um I've never actually told a fighter they shouldn't fight. I would um, you? I mean, it's none of my business. I mean. I'll not book a fighter. I, I don't. I don't mind. Like you know, if a guy tries to fight with us, I won't give him a fight with us. Um, but I'm a pretty big believer in in doing what the fuck you want, and, and even if that means brain damage. I mean, you know, I don't. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't tell people they shouldn't do drugs either. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, who am I to tell anyone how to live their life? You know what I'm saying? Do what you want. Yeah, and if fighting's what you want to do, then fucking go fight. If you want to get knocked out 25 times and you still want to fight, well. All right, man. You know, ne- never give up. Um, next, next one's yours. Yeah, I mean, but I'm, you know, I definitely, and I've seen guys, man. You know, I've seen guys that went zero and four, zero and three as an MMA fighter, and they want to do kickboxing. And it's like, all right, cool, do kickboxing. And then they're, you know, we have a kid who's like three and one as a kickboxer, and he was zero and four as an MMA fighter. It's like, it's definitely different, you know. So I, I don't, I don't want to be that guy telling someone to give up on something, um, and I don't know what they're in it for, you know. I have I have I have had those conversations with people to find out like you know what are you what are you fighting for are you fighting because you, you have fun with it are you fighting because you think you're gonna be in the UFC um, or are you fighting just to see where it takes you you don't really have any expectations you know where's your mind at um, just to see you know but normally those conversations are with people that I think are trying to you know be in the UFC one day mm-hmm. and it's either like a hey man you need to have a reality check and get your shit together if that's your plan then you're not doing the right things to get there and I think you're talented enough. Or it's like a, a fuck yeah, you're you're gonna make it. You know what I mean? Like I had the conversation and just kind of almost like an, an ego boost for them or a confidence boost. Um, you know, but I, I never yeah, I've never told anybody they shouldn't fight. Even even I've never had a friend either though that like a close friend in the sport that got beat senseless or um, you know, it starts to mumble his words. Like if that starts to happen, I wouldn't have any problem telling a guy they shouldn't fight anymore. If I got a buddy who's like mumbling and you know, he's uh, becoming less, you know, more and more co- incoherent. Yeah, more and more incoherent. Um, that'd be a different story, but that hasn't happened yet. And, you know, I hate to say it, but it probably will happen sometime in the next five five to ten years because I've been in the sport for right at, right at nine years, ten years. And, um, you know, so all my friends that I started fighting with, and maybe some of them are still fighting, um, that's just a fact that's going to happen in the sport. People are going to get brain damage. So that conversation might be something that has to happen in the next couple of years. You know, I mean, shit. And, and you know, if they're, they're anything like Chuck Liddell, they're not going to care. I mean, look at Chuck. I'm sure you don't think anyone, Dana White's told Chuck that he shouldn't be fighting anymore. Mm-hmm. He gave him a job so he wouldn't fight anymore. Yeah. So, and he, he, he would flush that one right down the toilet. He's getting paid a quarter million dollars a year just to, just to, be a face and never showed up to work. That's fucking crazy. So I got fired. WMG took over and was like, why are we paying him this money? What's he doing? Nothing. Forrest Griffin, though, you've been coming to work. You got a job. He's uh at the Performance Institute, right? Yeah. I he's think, doing shit over there? Yeah. I think he's doing something with the fighters, like yeah. fighter relations or something. I don't really know, to be honest with you, but he seems to be a, a very familiar face around there. Does a lot of videos and stuff with him and seems to be doing really well for his uh, life after MMA. He's got a good personality, though. Really charismatic. Mm-hmm. He cares about the fighters too. I mean, he cares. He, yeah. I mean, he was there. Uh, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, shit, Forrest Griffin is, is the, probably the reason why the UFC ended up doing well. That that fight with Stephen Bonner. Bonner. Yeah, yeah Stephen Bonner. Like that, you know, he deserves he deserves um, more than he'll probably ever get for that fight. But, you know, at that time, you know, he probably got paid you think a couple thousand bucks for that fight. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Four. Uh, Dwayne Ludwig told me that for his fastest knockout in history, I want to say he got paid... Three thousand and three thousand. Oh, and the bonus. It might not have been that much, to be honest with you. And the bonus, uh, the bonus was an Xbox or something. Like he got an Xbox or some shit. Like, damn, does he still have it? (laughs) I don't know. I didn't ask him, but yeah, he was telling me that story, and I was like, man, that's nuts to think. That was just that. You know, that was in the what last ten years. That was in the last ten years. Look how much money fighters are making now. Maybe I don't know. Fucking time is time is creeping up on me, son. Yeah. I don't. I say ten years, and I look, and fuck, my son's almost ten years old. I'm like, damn, yeah. where the time is going? I feel this. I I can't imagine that, man. I know Caden's gonna be ten tomorrow, and I'm gonna be like, what the fuck happened? Bro, it goes by so quickly. Yeah, I'm trying to enjoy every minute of it, man. Like I really do. I I, I like. I I, I I'm envious, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm envious of you, being you know that you. You you know you own your own business and you make your own hours and and you hustle and but you you get to be like ninety percent of your time with you know with Caden when you want and it's it's I'm I'm envious you know you don't have to go um, not necessarily that I gotta punch a clock but I do gotta go sit in an office yeah you know yeah and you know I think that's really cool for now you know but eventually he's gonna be in school and you know it's I'm gonna not get. You know, I, I don't get that time then. Bro, homeschool. There's no homeschool. No, I ain't got time to teach that fool <laughs> how to be a man. I mean, not how to be a man. I ain't got time to teach that fool how to be a, a genius. I mean, I can teach him how to be a man and a fighter for sure. We'll do that together. But he needs to get that that education. I hope. I want to. The school across the street here that we use, um, our daycare is across the street, legit. And it's um, the teacher, the head lady used to be at a. Um, Montessori school is that it? Mm-hmm. A Montessori, yeah. Montessori. Um, she used to be a principal at one. Really? So they have really good teaching techniques over there and stuff, man. And it's like, you know, he comes home now. He's two and a half years old, and he's coming home talking to me about his day, telling me like, "Hey, Daddy, I want to eat my apples over here. I want to watch <laughs> this." Da, 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 da. And it's like, bro, you're two and a half years old, bro. When he told me today, he goes, "I'm sitting on the table." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he bro. just looked at me and said, "I'm sitting on the table." Yeah, and but Brandy, Brandy's probably like, "You're not supposed to be on the table." <laughs> Like, but I'm sitting on here. <laughs> I'm sitting on here. God, dog, man, it happened so quick. Bro, I, I, a year ago, I couldn't. He couldn't do a sentence. No. Six I mean, months ago, he couldn't, and now he's like just spitting out sentences and shit, and having conversations and nuts, man. It's so it goes by so quick. I mean, shit. A month ago, my daughter wasn't walking, and now she's running everywhere. Yeah, she bro. is. Yeah, she's gonna start losing that chunk soon oh, too. Yeah. I don't know where it when it happened to Caden, man. I remember one day he was chunky and then one day he wasn't. And I was just like, leaned out. You're like, wait, what happened? What happened to my chunky little dude, man? Like, what happened? Start walking, running around, and that's all, yeah. man. It's, it's a wrap. Yeah. I'm excited, man. That's that's definitely, um, that's probably what I look forward to the most every day is like, what new little thing is Caden going to do or say? You know, even if it's like motherfucker, if he, like even if it's a new cuss word or, or whatever, like he that he overheard, it's just like 
I love seeing and hearing that, man. Like, and I laugh, and I, you know, it's whatever. I try to like make sure if it's something bad, not to mm-hmm. reinforce it. But like, it's just crazy what these kids will pick up, man. And and you know, they surprise you. I had um, we recently went to um, uh, a charter school to to try to get Uriah. And there's a lottery and stuff, but this uh, this charter school he he fell in love with. There, there's all these different type of clubs and and the teachers basically you. They're there from like eight to six, and, and and the teachers do the the tutoring and stuff like that. Like you don't have to worry about anything, but it's a lottery. But he's just every day like, man, I really want to get in that school. I really want to get it. Like he really wants to get into the school. And man, when a kid wants to go to a school, they have this one classroom that they're doing. Um, they're teaching them blockchain uh, programming via legos because they're programming legos to do certain things and uh, it's so crazy and he he would like fall in love with it yeah i want to get i want to definitely start um that that's something that too that like i'm thinking like you know all this shit that i know my dad didn't do or that my mom just didn't think my mom and my dad were working so fucking much and they were just worried about getting food on the table like we were broke as shit coming up and it's like now that i don't have to worry about necessarily getting food on the table you know, I can worry about education and I can worry about all those things. And it's, I, um, I look forward to taking them to schools and they have those like, you know, those, uh, kid programming things where like three-year-old toddlers and they teach you how to like, um, like fucking build firewalls and all kinds of little crazy shit. Like That's awesome. starting basic little stuff, little mm-hmm. coding, like little coding things, you know, and it just, it's nuts. He started as young as like three years old. I was looking at it all the other day. That's awesome. That's so crazy. soon, soon. Yeah, you, you know, you bring up that uh, how you were gr- uh, brought up, and one thing that I talk about that I, how I was brought up, like going to the gym or, or taking care of your physical body, was nothing like my. That wasn't something my parents did or we ever really thought about. Yeah, man, I think that's like the that's probably the biggest problem in America is like. Parents are so busy living a fucking the fucking crazy real world life and trying to provide that um, a lot of times they they don't think about the things like you know living healthy and it's different now though I like the way it is now and I, maybe I feel like sometimes I'm in a bubble because all my friends I, around I feel, me the feel same way but like I sometimes I'll go to another town and I'm like man these motherfuckers are still smoking out here like doesn't the package say it kills you <laughs> well what the fuck is wrong and they're still like kids smoking in front of their kids and shit i'm like yo their kids getting secondhand smoke we know this is we know this kills you now so like i am somewhat in a pocket but yeah i grew up on man that can a can of corn with like two tablespoons of butter on top and some salt vienna sausages yeah like pork sausages out of the can yeah just the cheapest of the cheap you know um and the the nutrition was it wasn't a matter it wasn't we weren't getting it was we spent money like now I spend money on food as in I want to get the most nutritious food for the best price. Mm-hmm. And growing up, it was we want to get the most food for the best, best price. price, nutritious or not. I want the most food mm-hmm. for the best price. That was it. And you know, um, I didn't. I don't even know how I learned all this shit, man. I just know uh, my mom got diabetes, and I was like, man, the fuck, she's gonna have to like do all this crazy stuff, dialysis, and mm-hmm. like all this stuff she was going through and she never fixed her diet. And I was like, doctors kept saying like, she got, all she got to do is fix the diet, fix the diet, fix the diet. And it just like clicked with me. And it didn't really click with like anyone else in my family for the most part. 
But like with me, it did. And I was like, man, I was like, all right, <laughs> not doing any of this stuff anymore. And I had wrestled before and um, I didn't know how to cut weight in wrestling. I didn't learn any of that stuff or how to eat right. But I had I had that like uh, desire and that grind mentality that I would figure things out from wrestling. And um, man, that's that's rough. I feel bad for anybody that came from the situation that me, you know, me or you did, mm-hmm. didn't have someone to teach them. Like Caden's going to be fucking leaps and bounds above you know, he still hasn't had any like real sugar, like on purpose. Like he's had yeah. like accidents, like two or three things here and there, but he, literally that's it. He hasn't had like real sugar. That's so awesome, and that that's a drug. I mean, that's not just it's not just sugar. It's fucking practically cocaine that you're giving them. You know, yeah. There's, there's no real difference. Nah, man. I I'll see my um, you know, I see my friends, and I don't, it's nothing against them. You know, if you want to feed your kids sugar, ice cream, whatever, that's cool. Um, I just know, I know how, how horrible it is because I've seen like my mom get diabetes and go through all of that and it's put a really, really, really bad taste in my, and I still eat sugar. Don't get me wrong, guys. I'm, I'm like a fucking candy addict. Um, you know, it's been like a week since I've had any like sugar, sugar. Um, the worst do as I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, soon that's going to have to change though, because Caden's starting to get big enough to see mm-hmm. the choices that I'm making and the food that I'm eating. And he wants to know why he's not eating the same shit. So, like, that's going to have to change soon, you know? That's going to have to be, like, a big sacrifice for me. Is I mean, a big sacrifice, but the, for, it's for my son, you know what I mean? Like, it's it, it, you, At one the time, you, it's not even a sacrifice. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be a time even, where you're not, not even going to think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's not even a sacrifice, really. Um, and, I mean, I train so much that I can kind of be a little bit lazier with my diet. Mm-hmm. But, like, there ain't no excuse for some of the things that I've eaten. So, <laughs> while I'm over here talking about how I don't give my son any sugar... Don't think that I don't be <laughs> eating <laughs> it myself. Yeah. But like I see these little kids, you know, get sugar and I'm like, holy shit. That They're like, they get wild. Like, woo, like they get amped up. And it's mm-hmm. like, damn, something is not right about that. It's just the, the how amped they get. You know, even Caden, whenever he's tried things, he like his eyes get real big. He's like, mm, I like that. Mm, I like that. And it's like, well, oh, no, hey, hey, you know, like having to stop my sister or. You know, someone from giving him a gummy bear. Cleveland gave him a gummy bear one time. Oh, I said, mm, Daddy, I like gummy bears. I like a gummy bear. And I was like, Cleve, he's like, I thought you gave him gummies. Yeah, we gave him a gummy vitamin. That's what we give him. No high fructose corn syrup, <laughs> made from cane sugar, gummy vitamin. It tastes like, oh, it's horrible. Oh, yeah? It's so bad. But he doesn't know the taste of the other, like sugar. So Not he's like, he to him it doesn't taste. Nope. My palate is just jacked up from years of Ben and Jerry's. But yeah, he, he you know, they don't know the difference. They, they, that's what people like. People give me a hard time like, oh, man, you're depriving the poor. And I'm like, depriving him of what? The, in order to, ha- like, to be deprived, you have to have know something better than what you get right mm-hmm. now. I mean, he's not getting deprived of broccoli. He's getting plenty of broccoli, plenty of carrot, plenty of chicken, plenty of fish, shrimp, all that good stuff. That's, that's definitely good. It's it's funny how they think you, you deprive like they you have to give kids sugar. Yeah, it's not even it's not even it's not even a um like definitely not something they should be getting. No, I mean I'm sure I I mean I turned out pretty okay, and I came up on all that shit like for sure I know I did I know my family. But it's definitely <clears throat> it's definitely different now oh, than yeah. when than when we were kids. Oh yeah, and it's gonna continue to get worse. Mm-hmm. You know, um I don't see I don't see you know the food situation and and the. The things that that they they find acceptable for us to be putting in our bodies to change anytime soon. It's the money, you know. As long as there's money behind it, it mm-hmm. won't change. But 
um, I do like seeing things like I know McDonald's is struggling. Like they're not making the same money they used to. Oh, instead. really? Yeah, that's. I, it, to, I don't even fucking pay attention. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a movement toward healthier food, um, but you know, there's still a, every time I go. I drive down the road and I see the line of McDonald's and I'm like, what the hell the fuck is that line so long? Hey, let me tell you what. There's there are people buying salads because I I make fun of Maria, but she fucking all when she goes to McDonald's she buys a salad. And I'm like, I why? don't know why. I, I don't know, but hey, it makes her feel good. I don't know. It's how much is a salad at McDonald's? Like seven bucks? Probably. probably. I don't know. Man, I don't know. Go get yourself a nice salad. Go to Crispers. Maria, go to Crispers. Don't Maria. go to McDonald's. I bet that le- that's the lettuce that you get E. coli from. Like I don't oh, see anything good yo, coming yo, out of McDonald's. Dog, did you just did you just wish E. coli on my wife, dog? No, I'm trying to help her. I'm trying to save her. Um, go to Crispers and spend that seven or eight bucks on a nice salad. You'll thank me later. Or grow it. Grow it, yeah. And make your own salads. Speaking of having uh, your own stuff, uh, you're about to have some chickens out here. Yeah, man, I can't wait. We go to the class on February fifteenth to get our permit for chickens. Can I can I board some chickens here? Can I buy you some chickens and? Yeah, I think as long as we don't, I don't want like no more than five chickens. Okay, and if so. and if one of them likes to cockadoodle do, or I don't know if chickens do that. I think no, that's I don't just, think is that just do. roosters. Just roosters. Well, if if they make too much noise or one of them's getting too rowdy, we're gonna have a, a roasted chicken. And we'll replace it. They're like a few bucks, man. They're not that expensive. That's fucking awesome. I heard they're savage, though. Like, I've, I've been told that if like, one of the chickens gets hurt, you got to separate it because if not, the other chickens will peck it. They'll peck it and death. Yeah, kill it. It's pretty crazy. Give them, feed them mice. I hear if you feed them mice, them eggs are good. No, I don't want to feed them any meat. Bro, don't, don't, don't deprive them. Bro, Why are you depriving how, them? I don't want to deprive this chicken. What if it has rabies? Ah, what yeah. if? No, that's that's why you buy white mice. You go over to the pet store, the the ones that they know, buy man. for snakes. I don't feel like that's that's appropriate. I would feed them bird seed. <laughs> but I like mice. They're cute. I don't want to feed it to an animal that doesn't have to eat it. It's like you can eat bird seed, bro. But they want to eat it. That's why they eat it when they mm-hmm. see it. I don't know. I'm still you know what gets me? And I need to go find a video of it, is like how does they say and the like the chicken will usually produce like an egg a day. Mm-hmm. How in the fuck? The, I want. I I need to see it like happen, like an X-ray, like time lapse of the egg developing and, and coming out. Like you know how they can probably. I bet they've done that. There's got to be a video online of a chicken being X-rayed or something while it's having the. Maybe not. But I don't think that be X-rayed constantly. That'd be probably deadly to the chicken. I mean, it's, it's a chicken. Number one. <laughs> In the name of science, number two. <laughs> but you won't feed a fucking mouse to a chicken, but you'll fucking kill it with x-rays? We just talked about what savages chickens were and what assholes they were, and they would peck their... If if, a, if a, two chickens were brothers and one of the brother chickens got hurt, the other brother chicken would help kill it. That's pretty savage. Yeah. You say, yeah, I would, I'm okay with sacrificing a chicken. Mice are very nice. <laughs> I like mice. Okay. I felt horrible. In the name of science, we're going to sacrifice this chicken. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I've never seen that video. There's got to be something out there. I just don't. It, I don't know. And it probably sounds dumb to people who knows how who like know how that works. You know who know Terry from the gym? She got chickens. Yeah, because it's just crazy to me that it produces an egg a day. I got to hit her up for some for some eggs. That's got to be a lot of work. Like, I, I don't know. Just and shit, shit, not an egg every day, like. Bro, that's not, I mean, 
I'm sure if there's a if there's a diagram of the hole that that's comes probably out that's of, that's got to be why they're always eating because they, yeah, they have to produce, produce that. enough to and I'm sure if there's a diagram of the hole that, that egg comes out of it's nowhere near the size of an egg. Fuck that, bro. That's like birth. Well, I mean, you did see birth, right? Yeah. Oh, bro, that's that's every day for them. Uh, yeah, could you imagine every day ticking time bomb out next day, just every day. I couldn't. That's why I couldn't be a female either, man. Like knowing that something's inside of me is gonna have to come out in the next nine months. Like the anxiety of that would be, I, I would, it would be horrible. I couldn't do it. Thank God, thank God, you don't identify as a woman, and that's not a. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. I don't. Yeah, I don't. That's never gonna have to be a concern. Not. <laughs> Kate, speaking of identifying as a woman, Caden told me the other day that he's a girl. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, gonna so let him? Well, well, you're gonna I start? Guess. You're gonna start giving yeah. him hormones and shit? Time to fucking get him on hormones and go buy him some dresses. Word. He's he's spoken. He's two and a half. <laughs> he, he's two and a half. <laughs> he knows what he wants. He, for can say, he can say he has sentences that he can say and shit. <laughs> oh man, no, he's a boy's boy. It's so funny. He hear him even say, "I'm a girl." I was like, "What? I'm a girl." And I was like, "Oh, you're a girl." Yeah, and two seconds later, let's go pow pow. Let's go fight in the gym. Let's go fight in the gym. Yo, when I got here, he goes, uh, "Yo, where's Uriah? Where's yeah. Uriah?" He loves Uriah. But then we take him over there, and it takes him like thirty minutes for him to, to get warmed up. Yeah, so weird. He's such a shy kid. He's not shy at all, but he's very shy at the same time. Fucking crazy. It's gonna be crazy seeing him like. Watching Uriah interact with your kids, like when I first met you guys, Uriah was such a bait. Like he was Caden's age. Yeah, he was super small. It's crazy to see him grow up like that. Geo too. Geo's probably the most. Geo. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah, because he was like, man, he was probably Geo. He was probably Uriah's age. He's probably mm-hmm. like nine, nine-ish, nine ish. Nine or ten ish. Yeah. yeah, like nine, ten. Um, because he's fucking he just, just turned, turned 17. seventeen. Wow, oh, that's crazy, man. Bro, he's laying pipe already. Uh, he probably is. Bro, 17? Come on, son. Yeah, oh, man, I don't know. Rich turned us off. <laughs> he's pretty He's pretty close friends with his dad. Like, I wasn't hanging out with my dad as much as Gio hangs out with his family and stuff. Like, And I didn't lose my virginity until I was 17. Let me, let me, that's one thing. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was 17. I was scared of shit. I was like, man. W- were you scared you were going to catch the, the AIDS? Yeah, fuck yeah, bro. School did a good job. I fucking <laughs> applaud them. They made. I felt like if I had sex with a girl who read a book about AIDS, I was gonna get AIDS, and I was like, "Fuck." Yo, that was that was coming up. That was like our error because that was that was the same thing. Yeah, bro. I wasn't even but worried about I, AIDS really. I was worried about herpes. I was like, "Holy shit, I'm gonna get grapes on my ball." Uh huh. <laughs> Not me. They show those pictures, and it's like. Oh my god, bro. Like I don't I don't know why people complain about health classes. Like every fucking kid should have to go through health class. And I think you should do it in middle school and then you should do it again in high school because that scared the shit out of me. For that sure. Works. Yeah. That's the best abstinence. Especially and, the and, pictures and stuff. And like, yeah, if you don't wear a condom, you're gonna have a baby and you're gonna get herpes. Oh, I don't want a baby, I don't want herpes. Bro, we gotta and stop. I'm afraid to even have a put a condom on because then I might still get herpes. No way. Jumps on you once you get it. Yeah, and I and I feel like I didn't. I feel like the government got rid of. Do they still do health classes? I don't know. I feel like not our PC, not our PC America, not not them. They probably got rid of them. 
Oh, they probably don't. Yeah, they probably don't talk about some of the, the shit that yeah. they do. No, not There's at no all. There's no way, dude. There's no way that they would show a modern... Like a, it's not a safe space. Yeah, a, a class full of 30 kids, a, a, a penis with a grape herpy on it. Like a, a whole thing <laughs> of grapes, bro. They, they, they would lose their mind. That would be done. No way. But, that's it. I'm swearing it off. No more pussy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's what would happen, bro. It would, it, they would fix it. It would probably stop... I mean, because I know for sure... That's why I didn't have. I was seventeen years old. Was not yeah. trying to get. Was not trying to get in anything. They got me. I believed all the propaganda, and then I, I get older and I realize, oh, it's not. You don't get age from kissing somebody. <laughs> the hell? What? I've been <laughs> lied to. My yeah. whole life is a lie. Oh, it's actually really difficult to get someone pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's only difficult when you're fucking trying. Yeah. When when you're not trying. It's like, yep. Not that I know. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had a hard time. I thought three months was a hard time, and then everyone told me that, that was not a joke. I was like, "What do you mean three months?" I'm like, shut the hell up. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I don't feel like that's a long time. Yeah, but to me, growing up, being told that if you had sex without a condom, you were gonna have a baby nine months later. You know. I, it was still in my head, like, oh, it's super easy. Like, when I actually try to do this, this is going to be easy. You, you know what's funny now that I'm thinking about it? I used to think my pull-out game was uh, was tight. It probably wasn't. It was yeah. just so, I was so fucking difficult. Yeah. That it really is hard. And, <laughs> plus, and, and it was harder, you know? So, <laughs> didn't even realize it. Didn't even realize it. I thought, oh, man, I'm so good at this. Yeah. Probably same here. Man, it's so funny. I remember being in high school and my boys be like, 18-year-olds having a baby. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? What? what, what why didn't you pull it out? And I was like, oh, man, it just felt so good. <laughs> like, no, dude. <laughs> you're 18 fucking years old. You're 19 years old. What do you mean it felt so good? <laughs> There's no moment worth a lifetime of, of not regret but of responsibility. <laughs> at 18, at 18, man, it's – I'm so glad – that you know, we didn't have your. I didn't have your right till I was uh, what twenty five, yeah. twenty six. Like that's good. I mean, even then I was a little young, but it's way better. Than, man, eighteen, bro, eighteen. Right now, your right would be some hellion. Your right be on the street yeah, doing some crazy shit for right sure. now. I think twenty seven is like <clears throat> the like the great like aged. Like I feel like I really knew who I was, and I knew I wasn't. Um, I didn't have like all these silly beliefs, like you know, the child beliefs that you have, or the mm-hmm. things that you think, like, oh yeah, man, you should um, every it, government should pay for everything, and like, you know, <laughs> or like these silly thoughts. Um, that's a good time to have a kid. I think, you know, you, you grow out of a lot of stuff. You're not trying to drink and rage all the time. Mm-hmm. But 18, bro, there's no way, man. And then they like glorify it with these like MTV teen pregnancy shows and shit, and it's like, oh, high God. school sweethearts, fuck that. Yeah, man, there is no, like I said, I'm not trying to be a dick to anyone, especially if you had a baby at 18. Um, I'm just saying, how the fuck, that's got to be difficult. That's got to be super hard. Like, I couldn't imagine my ass at 18. And and I will also say, though, that, like, you know, I had Caden at 30. And what you did at 30 is completely different from 27. Oh, yeah, I mean, shit. And and it was also, you know, it was also... um, I grew up really fast. I thought I was like, I thought I had everything figured out. 
And then I had a kid and I was like, oh shit, like there's a lot of shit I got to figure out. Like I got to really think about this and I got to really put some, you know, some effort and some changes and things in my life. Mm-hmm. And fucking at 18, psh, no You wouldn't way. have done that shit. No you, way. You were just... No way. Even, I don't know, man. I think 25, 24 is like the, like the Minimum. Limit. Yeah, like you got to be that old. But, you know. We got to have licenses to have kids. Yeah, especially nowadays, man, the... You know, I feel like the the um, the dumb people are starting to outnumber us. Oh, they definitely are. Yeah, think about it, man. Smart people only have like two or three kids. One, two. Yeah, but like dumb people don't want to get outnumbered. So they'll just start having like eight or nine kids. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. And then you know, what are those kids? They see that you know you should have eight or nine kids. I'm well, I'm gonna have eight or nine kids, and before you know it, there's downward spiral, son. And then they also say that, like... That movie Idiocracy is going to happen. I haven't seen that movie. Oh. I haven't really watched any movies in the past, like, four years. Well, this is... This good thing this is, like, a 10-year-old movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I never really watched a bunch of Maybe movies. Maybe seven. Yeah. I did. I enjoy going to the movie theaters and watching the previews. I like the previews. That's not my favorite part of a movie. I always... The, pre- the previews of a movie that I'll probably never watch. <laughs> Oh, I, oh yeah, I remember that. I, yeah. I already, kn- I know where his story's going. Yeah, I know where that's going. I know what's gonna happen. Bruce Willis doesn't die. Um, <laughs> he never die. What? Um, that's why Deep Impact was so awesome because he died. It's like hell yeah, the star died. I think it was Deep Impact. No, uh, Armageddon. 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 Yeah. But Armageddon came out came out at the same time. They all did. They had like Deep all Impact. these. Deep Impact. It was like oh, oh it's about to be two thousand, the year two thousand. We're gonna yeah, make everyone think we're gonna die. Bro, or, did you think you were gonna die? Yeah, for sure. I mean, not die, but I thought something was going to happen. I mean, I had guns. I was ready. Uh, what was it? The Mayan calendar got me. The Mayan calendar was the one that really got me. I was yeah. like, fuck, man, the Mayans. Yep. They know everything. The Y2K, I was, I was still kind of young for Y2K. It didn't bother me that yeah. much, but the, the Mayans was, the, was yeah. the one I was waiting for. Y2K, I was young and ignorant, and I was like, yeah, I hope everything crashes. Like, not realizing how shitty that would be. That would be. Kind of like, like right now? awesome. Oh, man, I hope not. Shit. Not, I don't think it's like really, really crash, crash. Like, I hope I not. I feel like it's getting there though. I hope yeah. it's definitely not doing well. It's not. Doing... <laughs> no, we're not. But, but I got, I still got guns. So yeah, well, I got more now than before. So that's, yeah. that's I'm going to get a position. Man, I'm still, I'm still feeling pretty comfortable. Still feeling pretty comfortable. Man, could you? Man, I couldn't imagine. Um, living in like a, a civil war type atmosphere or I mean I don't think we're anywhere near something like that but I'm just saying I couldn't imagine being in a place where you gotta worry about your neighbor trying to come over and steal your shit <laughs> um so Maria's family's kind of living in Nic- well they live in Nicaragua right now and some of them are trying to and they're going through a fucking civil some civil fucking I feel like every place is bro I I I couldn't imagine it. You're right. I could not. It's crazy. Look at Europe right now, man. Europe Bro, is yeah, you're insane. right. That's got to be fucking stupid. crazy. Venezuela, like all the shit that they, it's like, man, like, the only place that I think is doing better is like Cuba. Like <laughs> Cuba's doing pretty good right now. Cuba's flourishing. In comparison to what? China it, is doing pretty good. China's right? probably killing it. China's, China's killing definitely it. crushing the game. North Korea's probably doing a lot better now that they decided they're not crazy. Yeah, but yeah, man, a lot of Yo, places are doing bad. How about them North Koreans, bro? How like how do how do you bring them into? Hey, this is 2019. This is real world. Like, mm. do 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 they ever? Could you imagine them take the, the curtain? Like seeing one of them in an iPhone. I don't know if they ever actually took the curtain down for North Korea, or if they just agreed that like they're not gonna 
Like we'll, pursue. Yeah, we'll give you some help. We're not going to fight no more. That kind of thing. Like I don't know if they really took the. I need to look up to that. Look into that because that would be insane. Like that's got to be nuts to be like what I can talk to who I can do. What can I do? Like the I internet. Could, what I could. Could you imagine like being in jail for twenty years or ten years? Oh my God. Five years right now. I mean, back in the day, like the 70s and 80s, 10 years was a big deal. But nowadays, like being in jail for, you know, a, like a, a max security prison where you don't get shit, three to five years would be crazy. You come out and there'd be people fucking, there'll be robots serving you dinner. Bro, in high school, I got locked up for taking a pager to school and I was shit in my pants the whole time. You got put in jail Bro. for a pager? <laughs> Bro, yes. Was it a stolen pager? No, it was my pager. It was my beeper. This was, rewind back to like 1998. Back when, if you had a beeper, you were a drug dealer. Now these motherfucking kids take cell phones to school and yeah. and, and they fucking text and all throughout class. Motherfucker, I got, yes, I got arrested for taking a pager to school. Thank you, Chicago Public Schools. But I was shitting my fucking pants the whole time. I'm like, oh my God, I'm now a fucking criminal. <laughs> I'm like, for this is pager. the for a fucking beeper. I got suspended for a fucking week for, for it too. That's fucking some crazy shit, ain't it? Yeah, but you know how times have changed, man. It's uh, I always told myself I would never be my dad or my mom being like, "Remember in my day, but back fuck, in my day, back in my day, I got arrested for a beeper." You kids should be happy. You get to bring your iPhones to school and text all day. Yeah, that's nuts. We had but, next house in, in, in the same. Oh, I fucking love the next house. But in the same token, there's some shit that I got away with that nowadays. Oh yeah. Fuck. Oh yeah. There is definitely sometimes I got a slap on the wrist that um nowadays you'd probably get locked up and there'd be a front line heads you know, news line head story about you about fucking headline story, there you go. About doing something illegal or stupid. I did all kinds of dumb shit. It was after like the tenth time I got caught a lot too. That's that's the bad <laughs> thing. It's like You didn't fucking learn. I didn't, man. I was just a fucking hood rat. I uh you were doing it. hood rat shit with your yeah, friends. Yeah, I was doing I was definitely doing hood rat shit with my friends, and it was just I don't know, man. I had I had a lot of uh, I like an adrenaline junkie. I liked uh, getting in fights and doing. I mean, I still like getting in fights. Like, uh, I guess I'm doing the same shit I used to do. It's just illegal now. It's, it's legal. Yeah. No, nothing's worse than doing hood rat shit, and you're not expecting to do hood rat shit. Yeah. I um, when I I was working at uh, this Best Buy. And um, I was a, a junior in high school, and I was going to be friends with the, this one dude who was the, the s- assistant. And he goes, hey, come with me tonight after work. I, I got to go take care of something. And we drive 45 minutes out to this fucking big, fat, white guy's house. And and I it's I say big and fat. I mean, like, he was he, – he, he had been sitting on his couch, and he probably didn't move <laughs> for, like – Two years. That's how big it was. Yeah, big. And it was like a house out of hoarders. This place was uh, a disgusting that's mess. the worst. And my homie, or he wasn't my homie, but homeboy, <laughs> homeboy sold Sue some fucking crack. And that's what we went to go do. What? The yes. big fat dude was doing crack? He was doing crack. And was he was it, big and fat. Was he doing it to lose weight? I don't fucking know. He obviously wasn't working. Not at all. Not, I, maybe but, he just started. But I will tell you one thing. That motherfucker, and I don't know if that's why I never tried it, but he goes, don't ever do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, thankfully, I've never done crack. 
Yeah, I, I I never had a crackhead tell me not to do crack, but I I have also never done crack just because crack is whack. <laughs> because it's fucking crack, right? Yeah. Yeah. So nothing's worse than doing hood rat shit, or, or you know, going with someone and selling some crack than not knowing you're gonna go somewhere and sell some crack. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, that's definitely a pretty dirty. Um, damn, it was the, the guy was a manager at Best Buy. Yeah. So weird. I never would. That's not a, a side hustle I would expect for a manager at Best Buy. Like you tell me, like, oh, the manager at Best Buy was selling stolen electronics. I'm like, yeah, I could see that. No, the manager at Best Buy was selling crack. Selling fucking what? crack, dude. Mexican I expect guy. to hear that about the the manager of the fucking get and go on the corner of fucking Paramore and you know OBT. If that's even an intersection, I don't think so. But if it is, that's where I expect someone to be selling crack, not Best Buy. But hey, it, it it happened. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I believe you. I'm not saying you're a liar. I believe you. And uh, I'm I'm glad I never. Shit, can you imagine we got pulled over on the way out of there? Some fucking. Oh. Yeah, and and my life would be different. Yeah, if you got fucking busted with crack. <laughs> God, that'd be that'd be the worst thing in the world. I got buddies who have been arrested. For I bet it. you that's I was I was the fucking patsy. I bet you I would have gone down. That's why I went. I got um, buddies that have been arrested for stuff that is just in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's fucking, I feel so bad for them, man. I just, it's like, fuck, man. Yeah, but, you know, you got to choose your company wisely. But, hey, but sometimes when it's the second or third time, you're like, duh, dog, how are you always in the yeah. wrong place at the wrong time? Yeah, eventually you just got to look at yourself if it happens multiple times. I mean, I've been there at wrong place, wrong time, but it, it was more like wrong place, wrong time. Oh, and I was doing something stupid. <laughs> you know, like I could have did that something stupid a million other times in a million other places and been fine. It just happened to be the perfect storm for my stupid shit that day. <laughs> so, man, I'm uh, I'm dying out here, my man. So I'm gonna have to cut this short. I am too. I'm about to fall asleep on this mat. We're gonna. Comfortable. I thank you. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, where can um, where can they find you, Mitchell? Combat night. Combat night. What? Combat night. Everything. Combat night. Everything. Combat Just night. Google. MMA on on Just IG. Google combat night. Combat night. MMA IG. Combat night. MMA Facebook. If you Google combat night, the website should pop up. It's combatnight.com. Make it super simple for all the fans out there. It's just combat night. All right, combat night. So if you're around Tallahassee, January 26th, come check us out. We're going to be uh, combat night's 100th event. And we're going to fucking have a blast. Oh, I can't wait, man. It's going to be a good night. All right, thanks, Mitchell. See you, homie. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, it was a pleasure to sit down with my man, Mitchell, uh, in the guillotine factory. And... Um, and record that he is um you can find him on instagram at combat night mma and if you are in the tallahassee area on saturday january 26th come out say what's up i'll be out there um and thank you for listening to the podcast love you guys peace thank you for listening to the fat boy podcast have a nice day